Welcome into the Tight No Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod, on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we are under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go give A to Z Sports a follow on all social media platforms. This is Sode number 58, the Harold Landry of Sodes. Okay. That's a good, yeah. finally, something more modern and, and new yeah. age. Yeah. Right? It might be a little Current. bit undersized, but it's work ethic and drive is going to get some sacks for you. It's a big you year know, for, produce. yeah, it's a big year for this number 58. Some say Boston College is finest and Boston College is now rocking New Balance. So uh, that, that's pretty, <laughs> it's going to be a pretty good episode. Did you hear about that? Boston no, I didn't. I was wondering College, where you pulled they, the New Balance fact. They signed a deal with New Balance today, which I think is hilarious for a college brand to just be rocking the dad sneaks. Uh, the uh, We could have also gone with former long snapper Ken Amato of Sodes. Okay, he deserves Amato. some respect. I'm glad we got to mention him. I, and I'm glad you say that, Jack, because I am a firm believer that Ken Amato crawled so Bo Brinkley could walk. And then so break Matt, his legs. And- so Matt Overton could lightly <laughs> jog. So Morgan Cox could run. I've said it for years. <laughs> Morgan Cox, hey, man. Better keep that shit correct because they're going to come for you. They came for Bo Brinkley. One yeah. bad snap in 10 years. Gone. Keep it, gone like keep the wind. It, right. Straight and narrow, Cox. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, we got a light sewed this week, but it'll be good. And I guarantee it. Uh or you get your money back. We're going to get some good draft talk with our guy, Daniel Parla Greco, not to be confused with Al Del Greco. Uh, we're also going to talk some Eddie George. Uh, Titans legend, Eddie George. Titans, <laughs> Titans legend, important to note. Uh, we're going to talk about players not wanting to go to OTAs. Uh, we're going to slander our guy, Luke Worsham. And uh, we're... We're doing it. We're doing it again this week, guys. We're We're bringing it back. After, you know, we've many people have been clamoring for this for months now. So Jack and I finally are giving in. We're going to laugh at the Houston Texans again. I cannot wait. We got a little too serious with the last Texans topic. So it's oh, yeah. time to, it's time to it, lighten this thing back up. Get back to, to yeah. get back to what we, what brought us here. Get your funny bones tickled people. Get, get, get ready to, to don't be drinking milk during that segment. Okay. Cause it'll come straight through the nose. Uh, and uh, of course we'll end with remember the Titan, but before we get into all of that, let's get a word from mill Creek brewing company, mill Creek brewing company located in Nolensville, Tennessee at 2008 B Johnson industrial Boulevard guys. You got to check them out. You got Now that the warm weather is finally here to stay, that is a perfect place to go hang out outside on their patio, which is phenomenal. Grab some beers, watch some games. It's, we're entering the dog days of sports, but there's always going to be baseball going on. There's going to be, look, hockey season's coming to an end. The Preds are making a playoff push, and they look damn good. Uh, the NBA season's coming to a close. There's going to be tons of sports on. Head out to Mill Creek, grab a beer. Hey, gra- grab a Del Rey Mexican lager, a little Darlin. Uh, their cherry seltzer that I we, we talk about so often on this. Uh, they, they've got a great variety of beers, all fantastic. Goes great with the warm weather, the cherry seltzer. So go ahead, go out to Mill Creek Brewing Company in Nolensville, Tennessee. Have yourself a day and have yourself some beer. We are big seltzer bros. That's what we are. <laughs> we are just, <laughs> just massive seltzer bros. So you know we love us some Mill Creek Brewing Company. Hey, 
With all that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is April 14th, 2021. And before we go anywhere, before we talk about anything, we have to first give congratulations. Congratulations are in order for Tennessee State's new head coach and former Cowboys legend, Eddie James. Let's go. Wait, Eddie James? Yeah. Eddie James, did you have heard of him? Not, the, the Cowboys player? Oh, yeah. The Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, in case you guys missed it, guys. First of all, not only are the Dallas Cowboys trying to lay claim that Eddie George is one of their own legends, but they also in a in a in a now deleted tweet, they referred to him as Eddie James. They said, Well, while the hashtag Dallas Cowboys are never short on current superstars, their legacy was built on legends. Eddie James becomes the most recent <laughs> legend to join a collegiate staff as head coach. Eddie the, James. The Cowboys Eddie are such James. a mess. Even on social media, they can't act right. The man did not rush for 10,000 yards in his NFL career to be referred to by the wrong. Now, granted, yes, he is a member of the two first named, all, all, the all two first name team. Eddie but and they, they, but you, you don't mix up the first names. You don't you don't just slide in an, another first name in there. And don't think we'll we won't catch it. How embarrassing! Like, if, if, you're, if you're calling a guy a legend, you have to get his damn name right, don't you? Right. Like if you're going like... to claim a guy who is definitely most definitely not your guy to claim. Uh huh. If you're yep. going to attempt to steal, you have to you have to get the damn name right. Come on. Right. The Cowboys, the Cowboys, if they see Eddie George like at a wedding or something or a reunion or something, they they have to lean into their wife and be like, what was his name again? Remind me his name. Oh, here, here he's coming over. Oh, hi. Hi. Hey, what's up, bro? What's up, buddy? Like you have to hit him with those like names that like you that you hit people with that you don't know. Hey, man, how are you? <laughs> what's going on, pal? Haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> That's the Cowboys whenever they see Eddie George. How do you not know Eddie George? The dude won a damn Heisman Trophy. He, okay. And he's let's been say, all over commercials for let's like say the last he, decade. Yeah, let's say he didn't rush for like those 400 yards or whatever he did with the Cowboys, okay? Let's say the guys he played didn't. Othello. Come on. You, you should still know who he is, right? He headlined as Julius damn Caesar. Like, what <laughs> the hell? How are you not? How do you not know Eddie George's name? It's the, that's the, like, Cowboys. You guys are idiots. And like, that was like, yeah, like we always knew, like everyone in the NFL knows that because you guys haven't won a Super Bowl or even been to a Super Bowl since 1995. But like, this just proves it. If you want to, if you want to claim him as a legend, I feel like he had to at least have had a significant impact on your football team. He was playing second fiddle to Julius Jones in 04. And that was a Cowboys team that went six and 10. Right. So some of Eddie George's numbers while he's in Dallas. Oh, give them to me. Quick comparison. Um, 4% of his rushing yards came in his once. 4% of his career rushing yards came in Dallas. Yeah. 5% of his rushing touchdowns came in Dallas. And 4.5% of his rushing attempts came in Dallas. So Dallas was a quick 
you know, you're you're on the way home from the bar. You see a nice little gas station. You stop at the gas station. Oh yeah. Get yourself a honey bun. That was that was Eddie George's stint in Dallas. <laughs> yes. And I guarantee you, if you ask Eddie George today, would you have rather looking back on it because hindsight's always twenty twenty. Would you have rather hung it up, retired as a Titan, or gone and really just wasted away in your final season in the NFL on a bad team in Dallas behind Julius damn Jones? I guarantee you he'd say he would have rather retired in, in Tennessee as a Titan. Yeah, the Cowboys were his Casey's. That was that's what that was. Just <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna need to stop and I need to grab something real quick. I'm just gonna grab a uh just gonna grab a Yoohoo. Uh exactly, exactly right. That's exactly what it is. That and, that would be like the that would be like the Arizona Cardinals claiming Emmett Smith as their one of the or, or like the Titans claiming Randy Moss or the <laughs> yeah. Texans claiming Derek right. Mason. Just yeah. makes no sense. You can't do that. He's not yours. Or the or the Chicago White Sox claiming Ken Griffey Jr. That's that's <laughs> not how this works, Cowboys. Okay. And, or or that'd be like the White Sox claiming uh uh Kevin Griffey Jr. as their as their, their <laughs> like the Braves claiming legend. Jose Batista in a, in a much more obscure random yeah analogy. Yeah, except they Jose would, Batista yeah. was a brave. I got a brave hat on, so I had to do a brave fact. You had to do a brave. No, that's good. It's good. That would be like uh um. I was gonna make a Nick Markakis reference, but I guess he yeah he was with the Braves for a while. Um, the uh, but yeah. So anyway, just the fact that the freaking Dallas Cowboys, one of the thirty-two NFL pro teams, had the gall man had the gall to not only claim Eddie George, but then to claim him by the wrong name. <laughs> it's so stupid. You're the dumbest Cowboys, and we just I already hated the Cowboys, but and they. I did not need an extra reason to hate the Cowboys and ro- actively root against their success. Yeah. But I now have it. I, I they, they've, they've gone out and done it. I now did who I, I didn't think this was possible, but I now hate the Cowboys more today than I did yesterday. Yeah. You know what? I, in fact, and this is maybe uh, they may be catching a stray here, but uh, I even don't like the Franklin Cowboys, the peewee football team. All right. <laughs> Take the damn no. star off your helmet. Yeah. Put the, hey, put the red and blue flame up there. Right, why don't you? This is the last straw for the Franklin Cowboys. Franklin Cowboys. The Franklin Cowboys, they've been around since, you know, they've been around since well before the Titans got here. I get that. You know, there was peewee football in in Williamson County well before the Titans got to town. But once the Titans get to town, why do you not change your name? Franklin Titans. It it has as much alliteration as Franklin Cowboys does. So change your name. I were was a Brentwood Blaze. I was going to ask if you were a Brentwood Blaze. Oh, yeah. me and and my guy Austin Stanley was as well. Was, really? Yeah. Austin Stanley, fun fact about us, grew up down the street from me. Yeah. Grew up. Yeah. We just grew up we like houses did, apart. Did you he roll was a little, his, little was neighborhood shenanigans? He was a little younger, but he did occasionally would play uh, play sports if we needed an extra. I, if I remember correctly, oh, he, he was I, the alternate. I, he was the neighborhood I, alternate. I may need his, I may need his, uh, his, he probably remembers better than I do, but. I, my best friend lived across the street from Austin. And so, and him and his Austin and his brother was much, much younger than me. They would come sometimes come over and play, play sports. So. All right. Austin's neighborhood sports. Fan. Not very Austin often, Stanley. not very and, often, and now- but, but he, but he was, he was a Bromwood blaze as well. So he has my back here. Uh, Bromwood blaze for life. We hate, we look, if you're a cowboy, Dallas or Franklin, you, you don't, you're not, it's not a good week for you here on. The I can Titan tell in your games. eyes that you really do have an, an axe to grind against the Franklin Cup. What yeah, happened? Them and the them and the uh, 
was it Una? Una Bears? Uh-huh. Una Bears. They were actually really good though. We yeah. we actually they were revered. Um, the uh, but anyway, that we neither here nor there. Eddie George, how did, how did we get it? Yeah, we we got into Pee Wee football talk, mid state Pee Wee football talk here on the Titan Up podcast. Hey, um, there are a lot of NFL teams backing out, and a lot I, I say that as of right now, as of us ooh, recording ooh. this right now, there are one two. more thing before we leave the TSU topic. TSU is okay. becoming like a cool school now. I mean, like the whole HBCU trend that they're trying to do. Um, which is awesome because you have Deion yeah. Sanders now at Jackson sure. State. Sure. That seems to be working all right. Um, Master P, the rapper, his son committed to play basketball. That's right. I saw at that. TSU over some big time D1 programs. So Dang. TSU's kind of becoming the it school. Oh, my. It's, hey, does uh, A to Hugh Z Jackson need, a, need a, T, a TSU beat writer? I mean, I'll maybe. do it. I'll volunteer as tribute. Wait, and, what, if we, what if we start a TSU up pod? Okay. All right. You know what? Yeah. I can get behind that. Or or follow follow Eddie George around with the camera. Or Jeff Fisher has been rumored to be, you know, w- whether it's an advisor or, or something like that, he's expected to have some sort of role with this. His son's the defensive coordinator, Brandon Fisher. So okay. hey. Jeff Fisher will be around. Maybe then maybe maybe that's a good play. Uh, maybe I do go up there. Maybe I say, hey Jeff. Hey. This is a tight enough podcast. You should come on. What do you think about <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll say nice mustache, Jack. I think I will. Yeah. And then and then it'll and then I'll see mine and it'll be like, well, damn, I didn't realize that this was I didn't realize the facial hair in this podcast was so was so strong. You should have known, Jeff. Now you know. And that's our hypothetical conversation with Jeff Fisher. There you go. Hey, go TSU Tigers. Uh the end guys, there are so there are NFL teams. There are two NFL teams that are just backing out of offseason workouts at the time of us recording this. I say that because by the time you listen to this, by the time uh, you hear the vibrations coming out of my mouth, tickling your earlobes, it could be much more than that. It could be the, um, as of right now, the Denver Broncos and Seattle Seahawks players will not formally report to the respective team facilities next week to begin to begin voluntary offseason workouts. Uh they released a statement basically saying uh, because of they cited rising COVID uh, positivity rates in Denver and surrounding communities and the lack of quote adequate protocols in place um, that they don't want to, they don't want to show up. Now, I, a lot of people are saying that this is probably going to cause a domino effect in the NFL. And a lot of teams are going to say, look, we're not doing OTAs. Screw you and your OTAs, especially not with COVID on the rise, yada, yada, yada. Jack, I want to do a little good cop, bad cop here, okay? Because you and I talked a little bit about this before the podcast. And it very well could be, you know, by the time people are hearing this, the Titans could have backed out. We don't know. We don't know where every team's head's at. Maybe there's some teams that are like, screw that. We're still going to show up. And it's voluntary to begin with, so who knows? But my, my my thought process here initially was, this is dumb. Last year... Let's take it back to the, the regular season. COVID rates uh, were really on the rise since probably around September. I mean, there was a worry that the season wasn't going to happen just like it, a month right. out from it starting. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then obviously, and then you, you get teams that get infected with COVID and, and, and all the causes that that problem that that created, obviously, you know, some illegal workouts at NBA, we all remember, uh, but, uh, but <laughs> around, uh, around November, 
numbers really started to spike. November, December rates were like at it's the highest they had been all of 2020. The highest bad. that they had been in the country. Out there. It was really bad. But no teams then were like, hey, we're going to sit out. Hey, we're not going to play. Hey, we're not going to show up to practice this week. It wasn't happening. But now all of a sudden, when the rates are not nearly as high as they were, obviously vaccine rates are going up. So you're getting, you're starting to see numbers dip a little bit. And yes, there are other strains that numbers are starting to rise. My question is why are, why all of a sudden now? Oh, because they're voluntary workouts. They don't want to fly home and they, and participate in it. To me, it feels like a, a double standard that it's like, oh, it's convenient to cite COVID right now because you don't want to do the off season workouts. But when you're in the middle of a season, when you're in the middle of a playoff push or you know, the end of a season, why are you not, why are you not citing the all time high COVID rates then? I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of with you on, on a couple of your points. So why now is the biggest really now, uh, although when you look at it and, and you look at it this way, first of all, JC Treader, the president of the NFLPA, he plays for the Browns and the only two teams who have opted out, opted out of, uh, of these voluntary workouts or, or voluntary minicamp, whatever it is, uh, are, are the Denver Broncos who are poorly managed from the top down. So yeah. I wasn't surprised to see them just say, you know what, we're not going to do it. We're, we're just not going to do it. Um, interestingly enough, they could use the practice. Um, a, a team <laughs> that couldn't, that, that was good, and it is a well-run organization, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. When they opted out, now I'm starting to think here, because right now when we're recording this, those are the only two yeah. who decided to not to not go through with Which, uh, workouts and stuff. Quick aside real quick, the to, the Denver Broncos, I don't know if you remember when, when, when training camp first started, <laughs> there was a video that went viral of the Broncos uh, walking through what looked like a uh, a metal detector, you know, like you would walk through at an airport, but it was a, missed, right? But it was it was missed shooting down, <laughs> and that was like it's like, I mean, like you would think of all teams, the Denver Broncos cured COVID with their with their metal detector mister that they had to walk through to into practice. So I don't understand why Denver Broncos like players just don't walk through that on their so way. That's why into I wasn't OTAs. surprised by seeing the Broncos as a part of this, <laughs> but uh, JC Treader, the, the president of the NFL PA, he, he play he's on the offensive line for the Browns. So if he's leading this charge, I would be surprised to see the Browns go through um, and participate in, in these voluntary um, workouts and everything. So I do think it'll be a domino effect, but I, I, I'm just I getting a bad. See, I don't see a reason why all 32 teams will do it. There's maybe it's a, a weird way to retaliate against a 17 game schedule, but on the other hand, they're getting more money. If if you weren't signed this this off season, the contract that you have, you you will add another game check or a million dollars um, for this extra game. So you're you're getting an uptick in money. A substantial one at that so it, it doesn't make sense to me maybe they're thinking oh like we we don't we don't want to get sick or anything before actual training camp begins because then we'll just you know we'll be set back last year but i look at it as this last off season was as unique of an off season as there has been probably in nfl history sure um, and and probably potentially could ever be in NFL. yeah very good point and this off season while there aren't as many moving pieces and variables and unknowns, you know, kind of hovering around the 2021 NFL season, 
this is tricky also because we've never seen a 17 game schedule in the NFL. So maybe these players are, are saying, Hey, let's, we're going to keep our bodies in good shape. We're not going to overwork them because you know, we don't know the rigors of a 17 game schedule. We haven't had to go through that gauntlet. So maybe that led to this, but I'm still with you, Austin. Why now are they making it, this decision? It, it, it feels weird. It feels like this is uh guys just like, and, and I could be completely off base here. I could be completely naive here and I'll admit that, but it, just the way it, it's viewed from a, uh, a, a view of 30,000 feet. It looks like these players are just like, Oh, well, you know, we, we don't want to, we don't want to have to travel and work, you know, we can work out from home and we don't want to have to go and just show up for extra practice. And it's you like, gave them a taste of the sweet life with, with, with not having to go to work last <laughs> yeah, off. Right, now, hey, exactly. Now you, you messed up cause they're hooked. And it's, so that's the way, that's the way I view it. And, and it's just funny to, you know, you've got MLB plays 162 game schedule. You got NBA plays uh, an, an 82 game schedule, NHL, 82 game schedule football. You played now a 17 game schedule. And yes, I know that it's, you know, there's, there's practice days in between there and everything, but like, is it, is it crazy for these NFL teams to ask these players to show up in the off season and be like, Hey, let's, let's get organized here. On top of the 17-game schedule, you're now dealing with an expanded playoffs where only one team gets a bye. Uh, so it's one team in each conference, that is. So it's it's tricky. It's hard for me to grasp and understand. But, uh, you know, the NFLPA seems pretty set on this. They, they, and to have two teams already say, you know what, we're, we're, not, we're not showing up. We're not doing this. Yeah. And, and the Seattle Seahawks being one of those teams indicates to me that there's going to be a heavy chunk of the NFL also go along with this. With that said, if the Titans back out, I'm in full support, uh, all in favor of it. And I think (laughs) OTAs are dumb to begin with and got to preserve Derrick Henry. You know, he's going to have a long season. Right. I'm all for it. Look, back the players, all, 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 all that. Look, we wouldn't be uh, loyal Titans fanboy podcasters if we didn't take that stance. Uh, (laughs) I also think it would be funny if like the Broncos and, and Seahawks back out and they're like, yeah, come on. You know, like kind of like an I am Spartacus moment where they're, you know, they're just like, let's back out. And then everyone else will follow and back out. And then nobody else backs out. And they're like, it was was like the big 10 last year in in football. They're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If us in the PAC 12 back out the sec and the ACC definitely will. And the big 12 definitely will. Right. And And, and and then it's just, and they're just them. And it's uh, just like, right. Yeah, it's like that kid holding up a drink in a fast food restaurant, just looking at that gif. Just, the, yeah. just his eyes. Like, are I'm just yeah. kidding. We're actually gonna play. We're gonna play this year. I swear. <laughs> Kevin. Oh Warren, man, Big Ten commissioner. Right. What a joke. Before we get to Daniel Parla Greco, uh, got to okay. We we I'm gonna just say it. We got a lot of love for a new segment we debuted last week. So we oh yeah, to bring a- it back again this week. The segment is called. Luke Worsham, where we just say Luke Worsham over and over. Luke. Luke, Luke Worsham. Worsham. Luke, Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke, Luke Worsham. Now, the reason we bring up this, this segment, Luke Worsham, is because Luke Worsham slandered our boy. And I, look. Some say slander. I say just dragged him through the damn mud. 
he not only he, he dragged him through mud and then threw him into a six foot hole he had pre dug in a cemetery and just started piling dirt on top of him. That's what he did to our guy. Okay, Luke Worsham. Let don't dirty never forget dirty mongrel. A to disease sports his own Luke Worsham. Savage. He he wrote an article today. Great article. Go check it out. A to Z sports national.com uh, about uh, why the Titans need to look wide receiver in uh, the, with their first pick in the NFL draft. Again, great article. Except for this one line that really stuck out like a sore thumb in this <sighs> in this great piece of writing. And I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm just going to read it. Uh, Jack, oh. you might want to cover your ears because, you Rip know, where I'm going with it. and you're going to you're going to get red in the face. You're going to steam's going to be coming out of your ears. He writes only adding a player of that caliber would mean that receivers like Nick Westbrook, Akine and Cameron Batson hyphen marginal talents, comma, at little. best, at best. And, and close hyphen would have to play major roles for the Titans offense in 2021. Now, Luke Worsham, I don't know who you think you're messing with, but the fact that you think one Nick Westbrook Akine is a marginal talent at best. And then on top of that, that it would be, it would be a bad thing for him to play a major role for the Titans offense in 2021. Luke Worsham, who the hell do you think you are? Who asked you, Luke Worsham? I never Nobody. thought he, I never thought that I'd be so upset over something that Luke. Luke is one of my favorite people to he's one of my favorite colleagues at A to Z. He's a nice guy. He came on this podcast a couple times. Really fun interview. We had a blast with him. Yeah. So, and then yeah. he goes and turns heel this way. Is is he Jack, let me ask you a question. Is he trying to uh, get his name to the back up to the, the top of our he, national I, media beef? I tweeted this out to him. List? I, I said that he has moved to the absolute top of the list. He, he is was the front of the line. He was technically, you know what I bet this was? He was technically the first guy we interviewed in our national media beef. Think he's trying to stay relevant in this the off season. Yeah. So, and so, and since then, obviously, you know, we've had the Darren Bateses, we've had the, uh, 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 uh Don Davenport's we've had the Brent Doherty's we've had, uh, Big uh Joe. Foster's we've had a ton like of new names added to the national media beef tryout list. Steve Lehman, Luke, Steve Lehman, shout out Steve Lehman. Luke Worsham's name just slowly gets moved down, just moved down, moved down. And now I feel like, I don't know. Snake in the maybe grass. He's, maybe he's just trying to get his name back out there. You know, like any pub is good pub. So he's like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll slander Nick Westbrook Akine's name in my article. So the Tighten Up podcast boys will see it. And then they'll they'll maybe do that Luke Worsham segment again. Well, you know what? Joke's on you, Luke Worsham, because we did. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm not, I'm seriously pissed though. I'm not gonna laugh about this. Uh, I'm, I'm not pissed. laughing either. Neither <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. The, I am legit pissed because NWY is our guy, and we said we said it in the interview. We told him to his face. We said, "Look, Nick, because you were so awesome, because you did this interview, we got your back, dude." His enemies are will, now our enemies. We will have his back always and forever. Okay, and and um, um, so if if a guy like Luke Worsham is gonna step up to the plate. And try and, and and attack him by saying he's a marginal talent, comma at best. 
you know what, Luke Worsham? You're a marginal talent, comma, at best. Okay. Boom roasted, Luke Worsham. Roasted. Suck yeah. it. Roast Worsham's served up for dinner. That's what you're getting. <laughs> seriously luke you better clean it up out there yeah luke we better not see you're not gonna like what's coming your way take nick westbrook akine's name out your mouth all right even even if you have to even look and look i get it nick westbrook akine may help you reach your character limit for you know whatever the standard may be i don't know what a disease sports like if they say like you have to reach you know it's a 300 word article every week or whatever nick westbrook akine gets you that much closer by typing his name out to your goal look just keep his that's name out your point, name man. and off your keyboard yeah that's a that's a great point wordpress that's yeah. a that's a that's three words one name right there you that get the bonus right. word and then you go out and slander the man who has given that's, you this bonus look, word so nicely mm. in in the, in the old days of newspapers diesel. when guys had to like fill entire columns that's i am guarantee you that's what they would do they would just find the guys on the team with the longest names and just throw them into their articles just to help help their their case get there yeah then jarvis green ellis maybe it's jarvis <laughs> green ellis style style writing yeah doriel green beckham that's <laughs> just he didn't he didn't really have many articles get there. Written, many positive all right all right easy that's enough of this weasel luke worship luke worship i'm coming for you next week too you look know. if you if you have three names and you're a wide receiver you know i'm gonna like you uh all right <sighs> guys you may not know this, but basketball teams are entering the final month of regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. <laughs> Being very vague because you have to be in these live reads or else you get in trouble for using uh, uh, brand names. But I'll tell you one, one brand name I, I'm allowed to say and one that I like, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game. And if during that game, the team you're choosing hits a three, you bring home $100 in free bets. <laughs> that's that's 100 to 1 odds on the team of your choosing to hit a three. They don't even need to win. This year's teams have been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace. So get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code A to Z when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing is a three. That's code A to Z to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. Now let's get to Daniel Parlick. draft writer and this is like tax season for an accountant or uh thanksgiving for a fat guy uh the the fact that he is taking time out of his busy schedule during the busiest season of his year means a lot to us if you're a draft honk and i know a lot of you guys listening are 
you need to check out DTPDraftScout.com. And you can follow him on Twitter at DTPDraftScout. He is Daniel Parlagreco. Daniel, how are you, man? Doing good, guys. I'm just as excited probably as you and all your listeners for the draft here in just a couple of weeks. Oh, hell yeah. They, now, Daniel, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say this uh, on behalf of Jack. Say it right up front. Uh, we're rolling with your analysis for two reasons. One, you know, been to the website, check out the Twitter and everything. You do great work. But also, uh, number two, the number two reason is uh, you, your name reminds us of former Titans kicker Al Del Greco. Uh, so we just had to we're like oh this is a perfect fit to be honest with you no that works that works i appreciate that and you know and just to your listeners i honestly i don't use the site as much as i can probably the best way to connect is on twitter that's where the, i'm the most active but even that i'm not as active probably as i should be but um always my draft guide is reliable on amazon each year that's probably the best way to find me Oh, and also a Facebook group too, right? Is the yeah, I do. I, I I'm really I got to get better with social. I you know a couple, some years I'm good with it, some years I'm not. And just this this past year, I just have not been super active on on the social. And your draft guide is called yeah, it's just the DTP draft guide. So this year cool. it's the 2021. My initials it stands for. Well, we we know you have a history of getting things right, and I'm going to steal Austin's question for a second here. Uh, last year, the Titans picked Isaiah Wilson in the first round. You were not, a, you were not very high on Isaiah Wilson. Unfortunately, the Titans front office was, <laughs> yeah. and here is, we are now at the point where it looks like Isaiah Wilson's career is already over. Yeah, any chance you could help out the Titans with the draft this year, I guess, is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I was, when I started hearing a couple of weeks before the draft that he was getting first round hype, and I was just like, I don't know what these guys are looking at because I, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding this on tape on any of the game films I watched on Isaiah Wilson. And so, you know, obviously you never root for a failure for anyone. I never wanted to see what happened, happened to him. But um, to say that I'm surprised that he hasn't panned out as a first round pick, I mean, not in the slightest what was it you saw? What was it that, that, that stood out to you that obviously that the Titans didn't catch? I would say the big thing is you could tell on film lazy, you know, he'd have, he'd have flashes on tape where he'd look really, really good, but with his footwork, some of his technique work and for a guy to play at a big school and some big time SEC conference games to still be so raw and so sloppy with his footwork and some of his technique work, and, you know, the more you read on him off the field, that kind of elevated perhaps my concerns about him even more so. And, um, you know, I just watched the film on him. I saw a third, fourth round guy. So I was like, you know, I understand the measurables. I understand the size, the length, all those things. But I'm like, this guy, I mean, he gives up so many, um, so many sacks slash pressures each game. And um, I just, I'm just having a hard time seeing, despite the fact that he's got physical traits, great developmental upside did how did how did he look in uh the the not the game film but the film of him doing uh uh with twerking girls in low budget rap videos how was that <laughs> oh man i'm glad i'm glad i wasn't watching any of those but oh man he's he's a uh inch, inch, oh, it's crazy to think what's happened to him you know yeah. I, I mean i hope if he gets another chance he um you know he makes the best of it yeah, I hope if he gets another chance, he he plays against the Titans because that could help some <laughs> yeah. sack numbers. But um, so so this year they got to get it right, and they I, after last year's failure, I don't think they can go tackle. I think a lot of Titans fans, uh, their heads would explode here. Earlier in the off season, you were thinking, okay, they're going to go edge. They have to go edge. They had 
you know, the least amount of sacks of any playoff team in NFL history last year, but they shored that up. They signed a Nico Autry on the inside, Bud Dupree on the outside. So they, they can, they can afford to wait a little bit before they go edge in this year's draft. They have holes in uh, the secondary and also uh, at, at wide receiver. Where do you see, or, or I guess, who do you see the Titans focusing on with that 22nd pick? You know, it's, it's a good question. I think they're in a position where there's, you know, depending on their board, probably four or five players at each one of those positions, both wide receiver and corner that could go in the first round. Um, so I think what they would do in this particular case is they'd stack the board as far as individual players, because they could fill either one of those positions with the best player available. And they're going to have, they're probably, they're right around the end. Typically teams have anywhere from 15 to 22, 23 first round grades. So they're going to have, they're probably going to have a several, um, first round grades on their board still. So I think at that particular point in time, they got to just take the guy that they like the best at either position. And I think, you know, you're going to see some of these guys drop because even with the receivers you hear, um, depending on what you hear and what you listen to, these teams are a little bit split up on, you know, who's the best receiver in this draft class. If he's the best, who's the second best, and you're going to get all over the board. Yeah. And that, that's an area a lot of Titans fans have been, you know, everyone loves doing mock drafts, but really at the end of the day, it's just something to, to, to take up your time while you're waiting around for, for the draft day to roll around. And in a lot of these mock drafts that, that we've been seeing, I mean, it's clear and obviously that uh, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, they're going to be the three guys gone early. So, it, but from then on, you wonder who the fourth guy and the fifth guy will be, which is likely where the Titans will be uh, picking from. Rashad Bateman's getting a lot of hype. Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss to team up with his former teammate, AJ Brown would be fun. Who, who do you have, Terrace Marshall as well from LSU, who do you have as, as your fourth or fifth guys uh, when you're looking at the wide receiver group this year? I love Bateman, and I know he's starting to get hyped now, but, I mean, if you if you re read what I wrote about him back in October, November, I mean, Bateman has always been a first-round player for me. This isn't, you know, don't fall for the victim of, oh, he's getting, you know, pre-draft hype now. But this guy, I mean, you watch the film, he does everything good. Very, very polished. The fact that he, you know, had as much success on that offense – you know, that's not an elite offense. Perhaps you can also make the argument he didn't always compete against, you know, top tier secondaries, but he, uh, the guy is just so polished, uh, does everything really, really good, especially the physical aspects of playing wide receiver, blocking, uh, getting open, you know, uh, you know, contested catch situations. He's excellent. He's not a top tier athlete. Like you get to get like in a guy in Jalen Waddell. But a very, very, very talented overall polished guy. So I think if they got him in the first round, that is not a bad pick at all because I had him in the first round anyway. Guys like uh, Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore, very, very good players. I don't have them as first round players. They both, um, they both bring a unique skill set. You know, slot more slot guys, both of them. Um, you know, in Moore's case, super explosive, kind of uh, almost in the Tyree Kill mold. Very, very explosive, a return specialist. Elijah Moore, um, another slot receiver, but the guy is just makes a living in the slot. I mean, he's always open. Very, very tough, uh, physical kid. Um, so, I mean, you can't go wrong with them. I think, I think I would target those guys perhaps maybe more day two if they if they fall to you in the second round there. Who's the guy in this year's draft that you you see getting a lot of first round love right now, but you feel like isn't isn't necessarily good enough? Obviously, you just mentioned those two wide receivers, but uh, 
Like, I guess the, the reason I'm asking this question is because obviously you saw Isaiah Wilson last year and uh, we, you know, not to toot our own horn, but we, there are a couple of uh, front office people for the Titans that listen to this podcast and, you know, maybe they could slip no word on to John Robinson and be like, Hey, look, you missed on Isaiah Wilson last year. Here's a guy uh, that Daniel says is not good enough to be in the first round. So maybe take his advice this year. Yeah, the two guys, one position, obviously, you're probably not going to be looking at anyway. And according to speculation, he's going to go top 10, which I think is really crazy is Mac Jones from Alabama mm-hmm. quarterback. I think, uh, you know, as far as the smarts, the, um, the reading of a defense, uh, you know, really, really, as far as the, the mental side of the game. But when you look at overall physicality, traits, um, talent level, um, you know, you don't see the traits there to be a first round player. And I just get worried for a team. If the 49ers really go there, you know, top five, I just think they're going to be asking a little bit too much of Mac Jones, not a huge fan of him. The other guy I'm really not a huge fan of either that I'm hearing very, very high in the first round too, is Jason Owa from Penn Penn state, kind of an athletic freak. I mean, you look at the physical traits, you see what he did as at his pro day, you know, length, athletic ability, explosiveness. He definitely has traits. But the thing is, when you watch the film, he's just not a guy that you're going to consistently seeing win. He's very, very raw. He's going to need time. Um, perhaps maybe, you know, you look at a guy with a huge ceiling. I mean, you can, but he's going to need some time. He's not going to be a guy that you're going to necessarily put in your defense year one and expect to be a really good three down player because right now he's not. Another really big issue for the Titans last year was in the secondary. They, I think they gave up the second most passing touchdowns in the NFL. This year, if they're going to look to upgrade it, they're going to have a few options. You know, early in the early in the first round, you're going to lose out on Sertan and J.C. Horn and probably Caleb Farley. But Greg Newsom, Asante Samuel Jr., Kelvin Joseph, what do you think about that group? Love them. I think they're really, really good. Um, I, a guy I've been really, really high on, and I'm so glad that he's uh, starting to get a lot of hype is, is Newsom the third from Northwestern, just a really, really good football player. You see, you know, what you really want in the defensive back is certainly you want traits. And one of the first things I look at when I watch a cornerback is the guy confident. Does he want to go up against the number one receiver consistently on a day in day out basis? Doesn't matter where he's lined up on the field. And that's what Newsom does. I mean, he lines up against the best receiver every single time, completely fearless, natural in the way he moves, um, you know, he, you know, he's not a great and run support player. He didn't always have the best ball production, but just a guy that plays with so much swagger. I love Newsom. Um, Asante Samuel is good too. I think you got to get him in the, in the right defensive system, kind of more of a zone corner, you know, cover two guy further plays off the ball a little bit more. Uh, but as far as playmaking ability, I mean, you put the ball in the air, he's going to find it. And um, obviously he's got good, uh, good uh, lineage there with his father, mm-hmm. similar, similar type of player. I mean, you don't want to stereotype as far as, oh, he's the same player as dad, a little undersized, but man, the guy, uh, the guy finds the football, really good player. I like, uh, I like Adebo too, Paulson Adebo, Stanford. I like him a lot. Tyson Campbell, good players too. Um, all these guys I think are going to be around on day two somewhere. It's just a question of where you have them ranked. I think Samuel knew some Adebo. These guys are all really, really good football players, depending on the defensive uh, system you're going to play in. So I, I, I want to know about Caleb Farley a little bit because he's had a back procedure done. Um, is he a guy that could slip or to, is there a, a possibility that some teams may be a little sketched about, uh, you know, his injury situation and, Say, so, you know what, I kind of want more of the sure thing. I want a guy who I know is going to come to camp healthy. Is, is, is that a player that you could see dropping to 22? Like the Jeffrey Simmons effect. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think it's a, I think it's possible. It's so hard to say. Um, you know, obviously, these teams have uh, medical uh, professionals that do these um, do these physicals on these players, and perhaps maybe some teams are going to medical staffs are going to look at these players a little bit different prior to the draft. Um, Farley, the, the one problem with him is, of course, you're thinking about his surgery he just had, but he's also had some other nagging injuries throughout college too. So. Um, you know, that is a little bit concerning and not just the surgeries coming off of, even if everything checks out good. Um, but as far as the physical traits, I mean, the guy probably has the most upside as far as any of the defensive backs in this draft class. You look at athleticism, the size, physicality, really everything you want in a defensive back. He's a better athlete than Sertan. Um, perhaps maybe he's not the complete package of Sertan. He's not as refined maybe at this point in time, but I mean, Farley is, he's a really, really good player. And I think as far as if everything checks out medically on him, I think uh, he, he could go top 15, but I would imagine he's going to be probably somewhere in the Titans range. And I think if their doctors are comfortable going with that direction, I think he'd be a heck of a pick. Now tight ends, uh, obviously the Titans are, um, they're lacking in that department a little bit with the, with the absence of John U. Smith and the, and I guess they're right now they're banking on Jeff Swain and, uh, and Anthony Ferkser, which is, you know, they're, they're decent players, but risky business. You, yeah. You lose it. <laughs> you lose it. A pure athlete like John U. Smith. The thought there is okay. And you know, you don't, and you don't, you know, you don't fill that hole in free agency that the, the you automatically turn to the draft and it's so the question is i guess it if the titans go tight end in the draft who do you think would be a good option for them and when you know say you're put you again in john robinson's shoes when are you targeting that that player you know that's i think i think kyle pitts is going to go really really early i think he's going to go probably top 10 it looks like at this point a lot of sure i mean you listen to who you you know what you listen to he's uh He's unbelievable, but I think there's a big drop off after that. Uh, obviously, he's probably one of the most talented tight ends we've seen in the last several years come out of the draft. But then you got a, g- a bunch of guys that are probably going to be in the day two consideration, depending on uh, teams. You got guys like uh, Freermuth from uh, Penn State. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name exactly right, but um, kind of a well-rounded overall player. Not an elite athlete, but he can you know he can block a little bit for you. He's very good, very good catcher of the football. Uh, you got a guy like Jordan, Brevin Jordan from Miami, kind mm-hmm. of more of an athletic guy. You know, what you think of as his joker, kind of line him up in the slot, does a lot for you down the stretching down the field. You got other guys, you know, that are probably a little bit later day two players, early day three, McKitty from Georgia, um, good all around player, Yeboa from Ole Miss, a former wide receiver, but kind of a long rangey guy that has some developmental upside. It's not a great tight end class. And like I said, I think there's a huge drop off after, um, after of course, uh, Kyle Pitts. So I think what you're going to probably do there is wait for somebody to fall in your lap, perhaps rather than being overly aggressive at the tight end position. I think if you can get some good value in either on day two or early day three and see who falls for you and maybe get your, third or fourth guy on the board man brevin jordan titans are are screwed (laughs) (laughs) brevin jordan reminds me a whole lot of what john smith did uh kind of lined up all over the field like you mentioned with 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 some of the stuff jordan did in miami what are are your thoughts on tommy trimble because he's been his name's been kind of getting some buzz here around nashville you know uh he's he's a good player i um i i think i liked him more than others you know he's kind of a guy that you know can really 
do kind of a number of different things for you. Think about physical. He lined up a lot of times kind of as a fullback. Um, you know, he can, he can open up holes, you know, between the, uh, between the tackles there as a fullback, but then he can also, he can also be used athletically more as a tight end as well. Uh, didn't have a great production. You know, you look at just the, just the numbers as far as production. I think he only had about 400 yards or something throughout his career, um, but could play the traditional inline role. You can use him as a fullback. I mean, I think he's a little undersized. So as far as the pass protection stuff, I think it's a little bit of a concern. Um, is he going to be a guy that you're going to want to um, consistently line up outside and be a great, you know, receiving target? I'm not sure, but he's, um, he's, a, he's a guy that, like I said, I think if you can get him somewhere on day three of the draft and he fits what you're trying to do on your tight end position, I think he could be a good value. And uh, this edge class, it's really not what last year's was, or really it just isn't popping to me. I mean, I mean, you have you have a few guys. Uh, you got Greg Rousseau from Miami. You, you've got the kid from UCLA who who has a ton of issues already. Uh, or excuse me, Jalen Phillips, I believe from from Miami as well. Um, it, it's just it's it's not a class where I would feel comfortable if I'm John Robinson pulling the trigger on an edge rusher early, especially after what you did in the off season. But with that being said, who is a, a day two, day th- early day three guy that you could see, you know, bringing some value to the Titans? Yeah, I completely agree with you on the edge position. I think, you know, for many years, the edge position has been very strong in the draft. So this is kind of an outlier as far as not a lot of top end talent here in the draft class. And I think depending on what you listen to, even with Rousseau, who's I think most people have him as the number one edge rusher in this class. But I mean, people are so torn on him and he's and he's supposedly the best. So um, I think it depends. I think, um, you know, you got guys like Carlos Basham. He could potentially potentially drop. He's not a great athlete, but you think about, you know, violent, physical, knows how to use his hands, really smart, smart kid. I think if he goes early day two, that'd be a really good pick. Uh, Patrick Jones, kind of an explosive rusher, really good length, not a great bender necessarily. And perhaps maybe just a two down player at this point in time needs to get a little bit stronger to to hold up and run support. Good player. A guy I really like, I don't know if I, I haven't heard his name uh, too much, but Chris Rump from, from Duke, I believe he's kind of a unique player he's kind of a chess piece type player really really long rangy guy but super uh, effective as far as a pass rusher good change of direction doesn't necessarily have a you know a bona fide position at this point in time kind of a, a chess piece but I think a guy that you can line up a smart defensive coordinator can kind of use him and play around with him a little bit have him rush on third down and, and maybe even use him in coverage a little bit on first and second down. But I think he'll be a really, really good player, especially as he continues to develop his frame. And now I kind of want to just hit on the top of the, this draft class, because uh, so many people say, you know, there's a draft for quarterbacks and then there's a draft for everyone else. And this year it looks like we're going to see five QBs taken in the first round. Um, but I'm fascinated at that third overall pick that the Niners hold. I'm, for some reason, I'm just not buying the the Mac Jones. I'm kind of like you. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think Kyle Shanahan, who seems like such an who is an offensive genius, I would be really surprised if he got fooled this badly or if he's sold on such a stationary player like Mac Jones. Because you know, out, out in that division, you have mobile quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, uh, Matt Stafford can can move around when he needs to. So, so drafting Mac Jones at that spot would be crazy. What do you think about Justin Fields? Where do you have him rated? I like Justin Fields. I like him. I mean, I think he's a better player than Mac Jones. That's for sure. Um, I'm not as high on him. You know, he got, he got 
a little bit overvalued, I think, after the, uh, the playoff game or the first playoff game. And um, I mean, obviously he showed he's a good big time, uh, big time, big game player. And, but, you know, I think the more you looked at Clemson's defense, I think there was quite a number of holes. So maybe it wasn't as impressive as we initially thought. But, I mean, you think about how tough the kid is, what he was playing through, different injuries he played through. Um, he showed in that game, I mean, as far as he's got the arm strength to throw the ball down the field. And that was kind of a big question mark with him was, you know, will he take risks down the field? He tends to play it safer a little bit, you know, shorter intermediate routes. But uh, I think he was impressive. I would honestly, I'd feel more comfortable getting fields than I would Mac Jones because I think there's a little bit more as far as obviously natural ability and, and athleticism to work with there. Um, and Mac Jones is kind of a what you see, what you get kind of player. He's not going to necessarily uh, give you a ton of upside to work with, but I think he could be, you know, a a middle of the road average NFL quarterback. And maybe I'll, I'll I bite my tongue or um, maybe I'll regret to say that, but I think feels you have a, a really kind of a nice, a nice blend of, of traits and qualities that you're looking for in a quarterback with more to work with. So Daniel, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a degenerate in this fact. I love to gamble on sports in, in one of the, yeah, one of bad. the weird intricate one, 900 well, gambler. <laughs> the red line yeah it's it's yeah. in it's in my contact red line call it but um so one of my favorite bets it's, it's really intriguing to me at least now i haven't touched this but i'm interested in your thoughts uh, DraftKings has uh, the first non-quarterback selected so the first player to go is not a quarterback and uh kyle pitts is plus 140 panay sewell's right behind him at plus 195 and then jamar chase plus 250 so who do you think once the quarterbacks, once that early run is done, who do you think goes as the first non-QB in the first round? Um, I'll go Sewell. I think Sewell because I think he's kind of the, um, the clear-cut best at his position, kind of, you know, safe, safe pick. I think the thing, if you go with a guy like Chase, and I love Chase, don't get me wrong, I love Chase. I think he's the best receiver in the class. But I think you're perhaps maybe setting your, your scouting department and your front office a little bit more pressure because there's going to be five or six first-round receivers in this draft class. So does he really distinguish himself, Chase, as being significantly better than the other receivers in this draft class? And I think that'll be – you know, front offices can, can take a little bit of heat for that. So I think Sewell, you get a guy like that, plug and play right away, day one, play left tackle. I mean, you know, you're, you can't go wrong. So that would be my guess. All right, Daniel, before we get you out of here, uh, since you are a draft guy, I want you to give us a quick mock draft of draft guys, okay? So I'm talking between Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper Jr., Mike Mayock, yourself, uh, and maybe any other wild cards you want to throw in. What's your, what's your top four, top five that you're looking at to go off on, on your big board? Well, wow, that's, that's tough. Um, you know, Kuiper gets a lot of heat and uh, you know, you got to have respect for him for the fact that he's done it for so long, but I, I like, I like Dane Brugler a lot too. I think he's, he's got to be up there as one of the best. Cause you know, he puts in the work. Um, you know, I do have concerns. I, mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I mean, some of these guys, you know, like a Mel Kuiper now, is he watching all this film? Does he have guys telling them what they, you know, I'm he's too busy eating pumpkin pie every day. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that. I'm thinking he's got a nice work ethic cushy. issues there. Yeah, it's concerns. He's got some nice some, cushy. He's got a nice yes. cushy seat there at ESPN that you know he gets some guys to kind of give him a little bit of uh, warm ups before the interviews, <laughs> tell him who these guys are, and he can sound really good. He's pretty skilled at it. But I don't know. I've I've always liked uh, 
I've always liked um, uh, what's his name. Um, the the GM now. You just mentioned his name. My mind's going blank. Oh, Tannenbaum. Uh, Mike, uh, Mayock. Mike Mayock. Mayock. I've always like okay. I've always liked Mike Mayock because he you know he was a football player. He he did it on the field, and you knew when he talked about these guys, he was watching the film a lot. So he was always my favorite. But now we don't see him on TV as much now that he's uh, in the front office for the Raiders, right? So he uh, he was he was always really good. But I okay, I'd say I'd say Brugler, I'd say Mayock two, Kuiper three, McShay four, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So no, hang Kuiper, on, hang he's on, one fix second. That work ethic. He never played yeah. an SEC schedule. I didn't That's hear Parla Greco in there. Where I I mean are. I, I see putting, look, I'm, on I'm my putting, big board, Parla Greco's rolling number one. Uh, yeah, number I'm, one I'm doing pick. it, man. And Parla Greco's one, bumping all the other guys. There down. we it's, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where that's where it's Hell yeah. Be. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I like the confidence in this kid. He's got a lot of upside. I think he's uh he can really make a difference on on people's drafts. He doesn't he's party with, he doesn't party with uh strippers in Athens, do low <laughs> yeah. low budget rap rap videos like yeah, Isaiah Wilson. Yeah, doesn't do uh donuts on Charlotte Avenue. I, I like him. <laughs> yeah. I think he's yeah. got a lot of upside. I think he's good. You know, he strays away from the norm, not afraid to make tough decisions. You know, he really evaluates these guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. man. Uh, oh, man. Then, okay. there's, nothing, there's nothing like listening to a good uh a good Mel Kuyper uh impersonator, you know? That's oh, yeah. true. Who is it that has the good he does uh oh wow what's his name um why is his name eluding me right now oh, he, does, man. he does the gruden impression too um why can't i think of his name frank caliendo uh, yeah caliendo, caliendo. Yeah, caliendo. Right. yeah yeah loves his mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will say this if we did a mock draft of mock drafters that looked like vampires mel kuyper would be my number one so it's but true. Other than I don't that. think, I don't think the hair has moved in 30 years, man. I think, I it's think incredible. So. I know I'm 25 yeah. and it's fallen out in the shower. And then this think guy, it's hair, is it hairspray? Do you think? I don't know it, what it is. Like... It's always so puffy. It looks nicely like a nice pillow. A bird. Yeah, I've seen statues hair move more. <laughs> yeah, it's true. man. he's got to have several, several of those on a, uh, on his uh, nightstand. You know, he just plops one on his head in the morning and he's ready to go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> guys give him a follow at dtp draft scout he is daniel parla greco check out uh, ddp draftscout.com uh but yeah check him out guys seriously he's the he's the man dude daniel thank you so much for the time man i re- we really appreciate you doing this no problem great being with you guys uh this evening and everybody have yourselves a great week and uh drafts almost here well yeah there are no flags on the field it's a miracle Many thanks to Daniel Parla Greco. The uh, Daniel Parla Greco sounds like a great Italian dish. You know, yeah, that's what I was saying. Order. It'd be he sounds like a guy who should have been cast in a Goodfellas role. But we, when we talked to him, he was too soft. But he was very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Very, very well, nice. Maybe maybe too nice. Maybe, maybe too nice. Ooh. Yeah. Excuse me, waiter. Uh, how's your Parla Greco? Okay, yeah, I'll I'll take an order of that. Sounds delicious. Uh, <laughs> the uh, hey, so we're bringing back a segment. Look, we brought back the Luke Worsham segment. We're bringing back a segment that is definitely, without question, a fan favorite. Uh, laughing at the Texans. They it's been a while since we've laughed at them. I I think probably since the season. I think it, they've been pretty quiet outside of the Deshaun Watson scandal, which is yeah, brutal. which is probably why. Yeah, probably yeah, good. You good got, thing to gotta lay low when something like yeah. that happens. <laughs> yeah, but, it's not something you, you want to be tweeting a bunch <laughs> during something like that. So 
But they they haven't really provided us. I mean, outside of the normal, just being the Houston Texans with, with yeah. a reason to free really agents, just well laugh agency, and point at them. I will say this: there was a lot of times during free agency we could have dusted off the old laughing at the Texans segment because they made some moves this off season that are like we, we like on paper are great. If that paper in a time was machine, from 2014 <laughs> yeah. in a time machine, they would be fantastic moves. The Texans are now the favorite to win the AFC South in 2014. So uh, <laughs> congrats to them, I guess we could have very easily have done, but we didn't want to overdo it. You know, that's the thing with the, this segment, uh, our uh, this week in, in Titans, Facebook, like they're not segments you can do every single week because yeah. then they lose their steam. Too much of yeah. a good thing goes bad. Exactly. We have to pick and choose your spots here. So, however, there was a there was a news story that came out this week where Jack and I looked at each other and we said, "We got to laugh at the tech." Crank it back up. The Cardinals' acquisition of wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins has received the Alpha Award for quote best sports transaction of the year from the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. That announcement was made at the group's 2021 <laughs> gathering on Friday. So the Alpha the, Award? Let me break this thing down. Yeah, first off, it's it's the Alpha Award. <laughs> All right, so take a seat, bitches. <laughs> the Alpha Award, all right, for best sports transaction of the year. Not football transaction, not NFL transaction. Best sports transaction. Think of every trade, every move that has been made in the offseason. Just a wild year. And DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals has won it. And this is coming from the <laughs> MIT Sloan Sports They know their Conference. stuff. They've got good uh, analytics up at MIT from what I hear. Uh, have, you ever seen, have you ever seen Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. Have you, have you ever seen the movie 21? Lesser known movie with Kevin Spacey where he teaches them how to cheat at blackjack. Count cards. Good movie, if you haven't. Uh, it takes place at MIT. But a lot of smart people at MIT <laughs> is what I'm getting at. So if, if the Cardinals win the Alpha Award, <laughs> does that mean the Texans win the Beta <laughs> Award? I don't, did they get cucked out of DeAndre? Will there they be is. the Beta Cucks? They, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to properly phrase this. If the Cardinals are the Alpha, then Bill O'Brien – is without question the beta. It's, it's Bill O'Beta is what his name. Bill O'Beta, yes, it's Bill O'Beta. <laughs> yeah, without question. Anything with a with a hole in your chin that deep is definitely a beta. Uh, so like, <laughs> but the, again, best sports transaction. Think about if this was just the best football transaction of the year. Okay, no. that would be that would mean this trade, DeAndre Hopkins from Houston to Arizona is better than Stefan Diggs to Buffalo better than Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady. What, that was a free agent signing though. So is this is just a trade or is this an offseason transaction? This is just oh, a, a transaction? transaction. Yeah. Oh God. So this is like anything. This is better than uh freaking uh, Desmond King to the Titans. Desmond King to the Titans, which <laughs> Cutting, I think is on Jonathan the, Joseph. Tip <laughs> People are saying uh, Vic Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> no. So DeAndre Hopkins last season, 115 catches 
on 160 targets for 1,400 yards, six touchdowns, averaging 12.2 yards per catch. So you're like, well, that's pretty yeah. good, but is it the best? Well, if you consider what <laughs> what they gave up for him, uh, you know, a couple of draft picks and a guy by the name of David Johnson, who you may remember from your fantasy drafts in 2017. He and plays NFL games on crutches. Your fantasy draft in 2017 alone. That's the only thing you remember <laughs> David Johnson from. 691 yards rushing and six touchdowns to go with 33 receptions for 314 yards and two more scores. So basically Derrick Henry's December output outrushed David Johnson for the entire season last year. <laughs> okay. In fact, you could probably pick and choose any month of Derrick Henry's calendar and he outrushed David Johnson's full season. And that's uh, the guy you get in return to validate trading away DeAndre Hopkins. Incredible. That's now, incredible. And look, and I don't do this often, but I'm going to come to the defense of Bill O'Brien. Bill Obeda. Bill Obeda, sorry. I'm going to come to the defense of Bill Obeda. I mean, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> Other than literally everyone. My gosh. <laughs> and when the, when the move, when the, they first made the trade, we're like, David Johnson? Like, is that, like Madden trades would have declined that as not a fair offer. Okay, like David Johnson and who else? Oh, uh, it was, oh, 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 just, just David Johnson. Uh, uh, oh, they threw in like a couple of draft picks, just like make it even, like even that, like even the oh. draft picks weren't even that good. Like, it's just, and so Houston's rushing attack also finished thirty first in the league as a whole, uh, behind <laughs> the only team that they did better was than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, in the last the year that Deshaun Watson plays football before ending up in a prison for probably five to ten, he doesn't get to play with his best receiver. Just a shame. Just a shame. such a shame. Why do bad things happen to such good people? Yeah. Why do bad, but also on top of that, and this is uh, probably more relatable question. Why do bad things happen to badly run teams? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually um, in the Titans case, they, they, they have, a, have, a, have a weird face from Penn State with a giant hole in their chin. That is Bill Obeda. If you have oh, Bill hey, Obeda calling the shots, now he's no, at Alabama. No reason to no, no, no reason to drag Penn State through this mud. That that you say he's from uh, New England. Say, New England, New okay. England Patriots. Well, now he's now he's in Alabama at the Nick Saban School of Coaching Rehab. So, Which, quick aside, why do we call it the Nick Saban School of Rehab? Who did he actually ever rehab? Well, I mean, Steve yes, Sarkis guys, Steve Sarkeesian, he literally rehabbed. Well, like he literally rehabbed him like but, with but alcohol. We don't we don't know if he. Well, yes. <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian went from he did rehab him from actual alcohol. Steve but Sarkeesian like, went from drinking a, a fifth of Jim Beam and going for a fourth and seventeen in, in, at Washington. Oh yeah, being, being winning being national drunk, championships, <laughs> being drunk at, at press conferences and uh, <laughs> allegedly on the sidelines at USC. Um, at to, USC, that's right. It was USC. Yeah, to now being the head coach at Texas, but. We don't know if he's going to be a good head coach. Like you could say maybe Lane Kiffin is his best like rehab project since he's now the head coach at Ole Miss, but like, damn right. But and look, and this is not a shot and I don't you mean tread lightly, be, tread lightly or else I'll cast just you saying, the same. Lane Kiffin hasn't proven to be like a better coach than he was before he went to Alabama. It's not like he re it's if anything, he just rehabs their, their image. Uh-huh. They're not better coaches when they leave. I think it's the, I think it's just the, the perspective that if you spend at least a year under Nick Saban, 
you automatically inherit some of his tricks of uh, tricks of the trade, um, some of his special tactics, his coaching ways. And now after one year under Nick Saban, no matter how dreadful you were as a coach, even Butch Jones comes out, gets Arkansas state job. I mean, come yeah, on. Right. Uh, yeah. I think I, there's a lot of teams to watch. I don't think, I don't think this like whole rehab thing that Nick Saban has running is not uh, good. Anyway, that's a great topic for yeah, a tighten up it's, podcast. It's not, it's not that they don't relapse at times because some of these guys, some of these guys do. All but, right. Uh, so, well, without further ado, let's just get to the namesake of the freaking segment. And Jack, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's let's laugh at the Texans. <laughs> that never gets old to me. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's like something about making. It's something about making yourself laugh makes me laugh even harder. <laughs> oh man! Thank you, Houston Texans, for just being yourselves, for being the uh, for winning Never the change. beta the beta award. <laughs> <laughs> Never change, Texans. Doesn't get beta than this. Uh, all right, uh, let's get to remember the Titan. That was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. All right, let's get to remember the Titan. Uh, Jack, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first this week. I typically go first, so we're gonna keep that the same. Okay, let's. Yeah, hey, you don't don't fix what's not broke. Okay, well, I'm going to a to a man who played a lot of special teams with the Titans. Um, was a special teamer, was a a corner when needed. He played two seasons with the Titans in 2004, 2005, and actually the Titans drafted him in the third round, uh, 92nd pick overall of the 2004. NFL draft third rounder in 04 you're like okay I probably know this guy well yeah. you might not um he goes by the name of Richard James Gardner and in his career with the Titans he started just one game played in 28 had one interception guess how far he took that interception uh it's 10 yards negative one yards oh. so he, lo <laughs> he lost yards on the interception but that's okay because of the that's fine the yeah ball. hey get the ball that's the biggest thing he, um, let's see here, he lost, or he fumbled the ball twice, didn't lose any fumbles. Um, 13 tackles uh, in one season, 11 in the other. Went on to play for the Seahawks in 2016 in week 17, and then that was it. So he spent 29, he played 29 games in the NFL. Um, you know, he, Out of Penn State, right? Out of Penn State, yes, that's correct. I do remember him. Um, and after the NFL, he went on to play for Team Michigan, which was uh, in the AAFL. So oh. a short-lived career, but Rich Gardner. I thought that was an interesting name. It's Rich Gardner. I do I, I do remember him uh, coming out of uh, Penn State. I was excited. Third-round pick. Him. I mean, the Titans were on. The Titans really liked the guy at the time. Yeah. 
Um, my Remember the Titan, which actually, before I get to my Remember the Titan, I want to give a quick shout out. Dan Benz, uh, a listener, a tupper, a, a true tupper. For I got to shout him out because he tried, he legitimately tried to change Perry Phoenix's Wikipedia page. Like we asked last week, <laughs> last week, my Titan up, uh, my, <laughs> my, hilarious. my remember the Titan was Perry Phoenix <laughs> who has literally a sentence on Wikipedia. That's his full Wikipedia page. Like he doesn't even have different s- sections. It's just a sentence. That's it was his like entire... Perry Phoenix played for the Tennessee Titans in the National Football League. Boom. Yeah. That's it. Boom. That was it. That's his whole. That's his whole. Wiki- we Jack just memorized his entire Wikipedia page. So we asked. We said, "Hey, we need to add another sentence. Just that's all. Like not much. We just need a second second sentence on his on Perry. He Phoenix's does. He Wikipedia. deserves a second sentence. He know? deserves it. He played for the Titans for like like three or four years. So and so Dan Benz actually tweeted at us a screenshot that he is banned from updating Wikipedia pages. Like he tried to change the Wikipedia page. He's banned because he had changed the, changed the Jaguars Wikipedia page so many times by making Derrick Henry, the owner. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) This is news to me that Derrick Henry is not actually the Jaguars owner. (laughs) I thought it was Shahid Khan and, uh, and Derrick Henry were, co-owners of the team but he uh yeah so he tried to change it and a woman some woman got you know butthurt about the jaguars page getting constantly changed banned him from ever adjusting another page so i guess bizarre to me Uh, still stands wikipedia if you if you know how to edit a page on wikipedia all we're looking for is a second sentence on perry phoenix's wikipedia page and you can make it as he was featured as the tighten up podcasts uh remember the titan Titan. I because that's factual true like that shouldn't get you banned from editing Wikipedia pages because that is actually true in on I would think April you, 7th episode of the 57th rem, uh, episode of Titan Up podcast yeah he Fairly was Phoenix as, was named remember the Titan remember boom, the Titan that's it. yeah boom but I I would think you'd have to do some much much more sinister stuff to get banned from Wikipedia than just change the owner of the Jaguars Making fun of the Jaguars should be completely free game. Oh, sure. Yeah. To get banned from Wikipedia. Man, Dan Benz, I would petition and protest all over the place for you. But uh, I just don't have the time. I don't have time. But I I appreciate what you tried to do. Um, If if there's another Tupper out there who has the capabilities to to make such a thing happen, we're calling on you tweeted at us at tighten up pod uh or you can uh, dm it to us at and on instagram at tighten up podcast on instagram send it to us let us see it we win a and even if you like change it and they change it back which i don't know what kind of dick out there is trying to remove sentences from if you get a picture of it it lives forever yeah get a picture of it right after you do it and then if there's some (laughs) douchebag out there that's like no perry phoenix is only allowed to have one sentence on the wikipedia page that's the real monster out there uh that is true Shout out Perry Phoenix if you're listening, man, which I'm sure he is. Uh, Michael uh, Michael Ruse is my remember the Titan this week. Pro Bowler 2008. You guys remember Michael Ruse? Uh, the the I not he. First of all, he was born Mikel Ruse, and you're like, wow, that's weird. What what language of origin is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. He was born in Estonia. Estonia. I, 
I'm going to go on a limb, Jack. We've that's done... an Olympic. That's an Olympic country. I've heard their names in the snow sports in the Olympics, I feel like. I mean, it is. Uh, or you could just say it's a country. <laughs> it it sure. is a country. It is certainly yeah, a country. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know why you had to preface that they. Uh... Well, some countries don't get any people in the Olympics. Okay. All right. I guess that's true. Yeah. So, yes, you're right. Estonia is occasionally in the Olympics, uh, which uh, which actually leads me to another thing. But uh, he he does not speak Estonian, which is a little bit of a buzzkill. You would think, oh, he's born in Estonia. I bet he speaks Estonian. No, knows a touch of it, at least, you know. Um, Also, oh, Estonia. Here's a fun fact for you, Jack. And it goes with this podcast. Remember a few weeks ago we told you uh, you need to watch more Polly Shore movies? Yeah. Encino Man, probably my favorite of all the Polly Shore movies they they it's about them discovering a caveman in their backyard and they bring him back they unfreeze him and they bring him to high school with him it's that's awesome. like Walt. that's what walt disney is hoping to happen to him he yes, has been frozen exactly. yes. yeah he's he's hoping for encino man to come true don't put it past walt disney uh but yeah so he he he, get, he tries to get uh so brennan fraser is the is the is the caveman and since he they say he is from Estonia. He is a foreign exchange student from Estonia in the movie. Oh. So how about that? There you go. Didn't think I would be wow. able to connect Michael Ruse and Brendan Fraser, did you? Uh, but I nice. did. The uh, He is married to his college girlfriend, Catherine. Uh, they donated uh, half a million dollars to their alma mater, Eastern Washington University, to jumpstart the school's stadium project, which included converting the football stadium turf from natural grass to red turf. To red turf, we've all seen Eastern Washington's field, right? It's the red field. Yeah, it's awesome. Right, it's the Boise State, but even harder to look at uh, on TV. Um, the I'm a turf, I'm a this, colored turf guy. I don't know, I don't know why, but I I I am. Well, I like to think I am. I, I like the idea of colored turf more than I actually like colored turf. That's just something you learn about me. I'm looking up um, famous the, Eastern Washington football alumni, and I'm seeing Cooper Cup. That's a, that's a good one. Cooper Cup, nice. Yeah, Cup, Ruse, great names at Eastern Washington. But because of this gesture, because of him donating all that money, Eastern Washington University's Board of Trustees approved a name change of their stadium to Ruse Field. Oh, that's How sick. about that? That's super Eastern cool. Washington Stadium. So, so guys, anytime Eastern Washington comes up in uh, in a conversation, which I'm sure it does all the time, you can say, oh, yeah, oh, their stadium? Yeah, it's named after a former Titan, not to brag. Uh, since retirement from professional football, he has picked up, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, Jack, the sport of curling. Who else curled? Uh, Is there one like a team of, of football players? Yeah, how about a little coffee shop owner down there in Franklin, Tennessee? Keith, Keith Bullock. Bullock. In March 2018, Jared Allen, Wynum Dynam 69, formed a team of all retired <laughs> NFL players, recruiting Ruse, Mark Bolger, most random of the bunch, and <laughs> Keith crazy. Bullock, uh, with the goal of representing the United States at the 2022 Winter Olympics. There you go. They would be representing the United States, though, not Estonia. So that's uh, the goal for this this upcoming. I think so. They have uh, played together in the 2019 USA Men's Challenge round qualification event for the men's curling championship uh that's pretty sweet that's cool i mean uh to go uh, off and i mean those are some good football players to now go and try and make the olympics in a completely you know another sport where i mean you don't see guys like keith bullock just complete muscle monsters curling some rocks out there 
Yeah, I'm gonna about to uh, about to sweep the rug right out oh. from under you here. Uh, they also they they also competed in the Ed Wernick Golden Wrench Classic. I think I mean I'm pretty Wrench. sure we all pretty sure we all saw them compete in that one. Uh, <laughs> it's a that is a World Curling Tour event. They went winless in both events. So, but did they have fun? And that's really the main thing behind <laughs> it. That's really what's most important is if they just enjoyed themselves. Mark Bulger. Um, ARC, that's like Nordic. I could see him having a, a curling background. Oh, yeah. Mark Bulger. In fact, if you told me what did Mark Bulger do for a living, my first guess would have been curling. Yeah, um, or a, he sounds like a tax attorney, Mark Bulger. He does attorney. sound, or like, yeah, an injury, an injury attorney. Uh huh. Yeah. You hurt, or did you get hurt or injured on the job? Call Mark Bulger and Associates. Um, <laughs> the uh, I will it's say a this good though, porno name too, Mark Bulger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dick Bulger, I think would be the <laughs> slightly better, but yeah, no, just anything bulge. Or uh, the the first line of Michael Ruse's Wikipedia page. Michael Ruse is an American curler and former football offensive tackle who played his entire career for the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. That's he pretty got, funny. He got curler in there before a football player. So that should tell you how big curling is for Ruse, Bulger, Bullock, and Jared Allen. How about it? So Wow. That's a good that's a good remember the Titan. You got a lot covered in that. I did. Yeah. The Ruse field and the fact that he's a curler and he's born in Estonia. I, I just got to say Michael Ruse, one of the better. Encino man, Walt Disney. <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much for listening to this damn podcast. We appreciate it. <laughs> you guys are the best listeners in the podcast game. Give us a follow at Titan up pod on Twitter at Titan up podcast on Instagram. Uh, give Jack a follow at jack a gentry on twitter my man is a is a is a monster in the game on the twitter streets oh you need to follow him uh i am at austin huff on twitter follow at a to z sports on all of the socials instagram twitter youtube youtube they they go live on uh, youtube every morning i i'm telling you if you're not watching austin and zach in the mornings if you're not watching buck in the evenings if you're not watching alan bell uh the new new betting show the midday show it's it's incredible guys you need to be getting in on A to Z sports. It's 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 awesome. And you get great sports content. Arguably some of the best sports content in the middle state, uh, the mid-state area, or maybe even the south. I'm gonna say it, southeast region. You know, you know what? I'm gonna say it. United States. Best Boom. sports content in the United States, uh, from A to Z sports. Check them out at all places. Jack, you got anything uh for the road? No, but I have an idea, and I'm gonna test the waters with it on Tighten okay. Up Pods Twitter. Best NFL players whose name also sounds like a porno actor i'm gonna start it with mark bulger and you guys okay. can take it from there all right dick butt kiss is another dick butt kiss is an elite one yeah that's a great <laughs> one <laughs> how about it all right uh yeah so there you go send us your uh best uh nfl player name reggie bush is a good one could do- <laughs> <laughs> could double as a uh porn star uh uh damn this is tough now i now i'm thinking the only the only name that's coming to mind is ben roethlisberger but probably oh yeah yeah he's got a whole um, different he's got a whole different <laughs> resume 
Yeah, this is like this is like whenever you play basketball, you got to end on a good one. Eric Dickerson. Nah, okay. that, that doesn't get it done for me. Robert Woods. Is there a Harry? Harry Douglas? Harry Douglas is a good one. Harry Douglas. <laughs> Harry Douglas. All right. All right. That's a good one. That's a make. That is a make that we're going to walk off on. You keep your keep your hand in the cookie jar. Just keep your wrist, <laughs> your shot up. Just keep it up there. That made shot on the way out the door. Hey, thank you guys so much. You're the best listeners. We love you. Um, uh, I guess uh, until next week, tighten, tighten up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way.